Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Leishio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Leishio. Hello, Flagler County. Rich, it's been a long, long week, but man, has it been worth it. Oh, yeah, long week, lots of sports going on out there. You and I hanging out at the ship Thursday night, getting it done with the broadcast with Matanzas. And like you said, and, and we even had the bonus girls basketball high school game before the Matanzas varsity, and that was fun to watch as well. Yes, and we got to see Travis Boone's team for the first time this year. We did a basketball broadcast. There was so much going on in the sports world this week, which you wouldn't expect because school's still out, but 2024 has hit the ground running and it was, it was fun Thursday night and we get to do it again tonight. And I can't wait to be back out at the ship and then no rest for the weary rich. We're back at it on Tuesday. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, I'm not sure if we had, have had this many live, uh, broadcast in such a short period of time we, we had matanzas cape coral on thursday ridgeview tonight at the ship again and then fpc on tuesday so it's a lot of fun I, basketball is great man i love it i, I love doing basketball um and, and man matanzas they fought hard you look on paper at the records and you thought maybe uh, cape coral was gonna run them out of the gym and it looked like that might be the case early, but Matanzas really competed in that game, actually had a lead late, just uh, couldn't hold on in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and it was unfortunate. And we'll talk about that game in pretty in-depth in a minute. But let's talk real quick before that about the game that was before that. The Matanzas ladies playing the St. Joseph's Academy ladies from up in my neck of the woods in St. Augustine, the Flashes had beat them 35-20 to 20 in the first meeting. And the Pirates, they came in that game a little shorthanded. They only had seven players dressed for the game. St. Joe had 11. So there was an issue of being outmanned. And at halftime, it really looked like St. Joe was in control of the game. And then they got off to a quick start in the third quarter, didn't they, Rich? Oh, yeah, they really did. And, and they found something offensively that started to click. They uh, Unfortunately, I don't know her name, but they, they were finding – uh, number 22, I think she was playing center in the post, and she was finding cutters to the basket. And before you know it, they got within two in that game. And Matanzas, they looked like a fully functional basketball team during that stretch. They were able to score. They were playing good defense. And and you mentioned the blowout loss earlier in the season to this team. They really showed up. And I was talking to some of the parents uh, from St. Joe's, and they were – you know, very, very excited about the way Matanzas were playing. Man, they looked a lot better here tonight. And I was kind of shocked because I've heard that Matanzas has struggled this year, the girls' basketball team, and they looked better than, than I could have expected for sure. And they did. They went on a 17-5 run in the third quarter. They were down by 15 at that point in the game go early in the third quarter and went on that 17-5 run. And as you talked about, they went to the senior, Riley Smith. When Riley Smith came out of the game, Layla Krebs, the other senior, stepped up. And I think that shows where Travis Boone has this program going. It, look, it's a young, inexperienced team that won one game last year. You're not going to turn that around in one season. You know, Let's be real about it. But just to see flashes of improvement, just to see players – playing better 
as the season goes on. That's what you want. You want to see improvement from your players, and that's what we saw on Thursday night. Like I said, Layla Krebs took over in the fourth quarter. The third quarter was Riley Smith's. They just ran out of gas, really. They were down to six players by the end of the game, but they still showed progress, and you can hear it. Let's play the clip from Travis Boone. You can hear the excitement in his voice just in the progress this team has made over the last two months. Coach, you're a little shorthanded tonight. You were down to six players at one point, but your team never quit. Talk about their effort tonight. Um, that's the one thing that I told them today. I am absolutely proud of them. For three quarters, we played the best basketball I've seen Matanzas Girls High School play. For three quarters. Now, because we were short, we just didn't have enough legs to the end. So I'm, I'm very proud. I'm very excited to, to see what the next couple of weeks are going to look like as we begin to get full strength again. They went on a 13-0 run to close it to two points. What does that say about the growth of this team? Um, I <laughs> I can't speak enough about it. Like, I'm so proud because all this year I keep telling them, like, you guys can't quit just because the other team has more points. The game doesn't end until it's fourth quarter and it's triple zeros on the clock. So until then, you keep fighting, you keep fighting, and you keep fighting. And they proved today to me and to our whole, matter of fact, they proved to themselves that they can compete with everybody. First game coming out of the break. Yes. Were you happy with what you saw for the most part despite the loss? Despite the loss, I'm very proud and happy with what I saw. I'm very happy. Yeah, and you add into that, uh, thank you, Coach Boone. You, watching the game, and yeah, it was great to see the Matanzas girls team go on that run and get into the game and compete. But one of my favorite aspects watching that game was watching Coach Boone coach. He was extremely passionate. He was animated. He was arguing for his players with the officials. You know, he, he was, uh, and you heard him on the sideline telling Play through the whistle. Keep playing, imploring them to, to, to keep going for it. And I just, I love the passion, and I loved watching him coach. He, he was he was really fun to watch. He really was. And when you have inexperienced players, especially in the girls' game, you know, the first step, sec, uh, first sign of adversity, they want to shut down. There's a lot of mentality that as soon as that ball's in my hands, I have to figure out a way to get it out of my hands. I dribble two steps and there's somebody in front of me. I've got to stop and get rid of the ball. And he's trying to coach that out of them as well. You know, they need to keep playing through. They need to trust what they're doing. I heard him talking to some players about shot selection. You know, he was very gentle about it. He, he said, you know, maybe that one's just a little out of your range. You know, just, you know, be aware of where you are, you know, at halftime. They didn't go into the locker room. He had them out on the floor. He was kind of running through some plays and, you know, running through some some fundamental tips and things like that. But I think he knew that was the job he was taking, and I think he's the right person for that job because he knew that this was going to be quite the challenge, and I think he's up for that challenge. Oh, yeah, I think so too. And whenever you're, hand, you're dealing with a situation where you have a seven-player rotation, which is bad enough, and then – one of those players go goes down and you have six players in the rotation and you make the kind of run that they did to compete with a very good team. Uh, you just hats off to the coach and, and what he's doing. There was one play in particular where a Matanzas player was driving to the basket and I think she lost track of, of where she was. She could have tried to lay it up. She just stopped and traveled 
and, and you heard him telling her, he, he said, you got to keep playing until you hear that whistle. And it just shows at this level, uh, especially when, when you're dealing with, with a team that maybe the players are, are, are very inexperienced, you know, this, at this level, it's about teaching and having that patience to know that these players are in the process of learning. And I think the, the real, how you measure this is, okay, this is how they look now. What, what's your feeling of this team at the end of the season? Did we see growth? Did we see the players grow as players and learn how to play basketball? Because it's, it's one thing to get out there in the schoolyard, play three on three, whatever it is, a little full court game. But there's nothing like playing organized sports, a, a game of organized basketball, and knowing, hey, keep going till you hear that whistle. So I just, uh, I, it was, I said it already, but I'll say it again. It was entertaining to see him coach, and I agree with you. I think he's the right guy for the job. And I think when you look at this Matanzas girls team at the end of the season, you will definitely see improvement. They had seven players. We already hit that point earlier. But at one point we didn't hit is they were playing against St. Joe, who has eight seniors. They had more seniors on the team than Matanzas had players. So this is a very experienced team, a very well-coached team, a team that's seven and five on the season. This is a very good team they played, and they and for them to have their best against a team like that shows that they're headed into the right direction. Speaking of headed in the right direction, it's been baby steps for the Matanzas boys, hasn't it, Rich? Oh, yeah, it sure has. And, and as you mentioned uh, during the broadcast yesterday, a lot of close games for this Pirate team in winning and losing. You know, they, they, they had that win over Fletcher, uh, 70 to 64. They lose by 11 to Palaka, but very competitive in that game. They beat St. Augustine by four. They lose by 10 to Father Lopez. And by the way, Father Lopez is an excellent team. Uh, so they, they seem to be in these games. And uh, I heard your sports report Friday morning with the coach talking about uh, figuring out how to close. You know, you have to close these games. And that's where they're lacking right now. But one thing's for sure, this team is not lacking in talent. You want to talk about passionate coaches. That's exactly what Coach Robinson is. He's extremely passionate about this sport, about his team, and you could see it while he's coaching on the sideline there. But, um, yeah, you got the uh, Henry Robinson Jr. kind of finding his way, learning how to be a leader on the court, and I think that's the next step for him. He has a world of talent. You can see it, uh, the way he moves with the basketball, how easily he can score at times. But he also has to learn how to take games over and pick his spots where he can dominate the game and, and when it's appropriate for him to, to dominate the game and maybe be that guy that can prevent the other team from going on a run. Matanzas suffers from that greatly against Cape Coral the other night. They just had a horrible start to that game. And that's where a player of, of Robinson's stature, Robinson Jr., you know, you tell yourself, well, this is where I have to step up and dominate because nobody else is getting it done. So uh, until they get warmed up, let me be ready to go here and carry us for the first five minutes of this game to keep us in the game. Now, the Pirates, obviously, they got back in, in that game against uh, Cape Coral. They were losing by 15 by the fourth quarter. They had an eight-point lead, uh, and they weren't able to close. But, uh, you know, and, and, and there's a, a lot of talent on this team. Jefferson looked great. He, he was actually the guy that kept them in the game early in that first quarter. You love what you see from Tariq Shakir. 
there's just a, a number of players on this roster that you feel like, man, if, if they could figure out, that's the next step. We talked about it with Coach Talley early in the season. Part of this isn't just playing well because you see it throughout the game. The Pirates play well. Uh, you got uh, Desmond Godwin out there making hustle plays. Peter Austin. There's just there's a lot. My point is there's a lot of talent on this roster, and they play well in spurts throughout the course of the game. However, they just they can't avoid that that big run by the other team, and they don't know how to win yet. And that's what good teams do. And I think that's what you saw from Cape Coral in the game Thursday night. It, it, Matanzas went on a run and most of that run by the way in the third quarter with Henry Robinson Jr. on the bench in foul trouble uh, it, the, the Pirates they went on a run and but Cape Coral they stayed calm and even after missing a million free throws they were still able to put themselves in a position to win the game and they did and that's what teams and they, that was their 10th win of the season that's what teams do when they know how to win they never panic and they make sure, regardless of what the score is in the second quarter or the third quarter, that they're in a position to win that game in the last three minutes of the game. And that's something that the Pirates have to learn, Mike. And that's definitely something that Coach Robinson hit on. Um, we talked. To, I talked to him for a few minutes after the game, and he talked about – he gave two perspectives on Henry Robinson Jr., one as a coach – one is a father, but the long and short of it is, is just what you said. You know, Henry needs to, you know, learn how to take over games. One of the things his dad said to me was, you know, he says, there's times when he needs to have 20 rebounds in the game. He says, there's times when we're going to need four or five blocks and we're going to need more than points from him. You know, and he, he, you know, he's talked about him having to stay out of foul trouble. And those are the things that Henry Jr. is having to learn. He talked about the defensive effort. He talked especially about Shakir, and actually we have that clip. I'll play it for you. Let's go ahead and play the first Coach Robinson clip, and then we'll talk about what he said because I think this is a very good point about what sparked that third-quarter run. I was really impressed with how Tariq and Rossier played defense in that second half. They picked up the guards. They caused some turnovers. When Rock and Tariq are playing lockdown defense and Junior is controlling the boards, we're a much better team. Yeah, that's that's a great point, and – and that's another thing. In the first half, uh, the Seahawks, they dominated the offensive boards, a ton of second-chance opportunities, and the Pirates did a great job of turning that around in the second half, in particular the third quarter. It was the Pirates who were then getting the second-chance opportunities and going to the free-throw line and actually hitting their free throws. And I, I, before we get to the second clip, Mike, I did want to come clean on something. Uh, right before the half Thursday night, Henry Robinson Jr. had a block shot at the rim, right at the half, right at the whistle, and uh, it was called a goaltend. And live there, I, I said, I think it was goaltending, and you said, no, that was on the way up. Well, uh, if you go back and, and watch the game on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel or the WNZF Facebook page, it wasn't even close. That was not a goaltend. That was an amazing block from Henry Robinson Jr. And it was a bad call by the officials. And you saw it. There were parents kind of pulling up the video and showing the officials, hey, that's not a goaltend. But Mike, what, what killed me about it is when, when you go back and you look at the video, it's not even close. There's no way that's a goaltend. No, that's an official calling what he thought he saw versus what he saw. And to 
Coach Robinson's point, you, you look at the three big names, Ryan Sear-Jefferson, Tariq Shakir, Henry Robinson Jr. Those are the guys that you're looking at. What we saw in that third quarter was not only a great effort defensively by those two, Shakir and Jefferson. Robinson was on the bench because he had picked up his fourth foul at that point. But we saw Micah McGuire contributing, Ladarian Baker contributing, Desmond Godwin contributing. Guys that, you know, are rotational guys that come off the bench. They're not starters. You're not going to get a lot of buckets from them. But they were making critical plays as well. Dave Peterson, Peter Austin had three steals. It was – and he talked about that a little bit off offline. He talked about how players are finding their roles. They know what's expected of him and what's, when it's expected of them. And the team as a whole has figured it out. I think that's one thing I've seen from the beginning of the year to now with Matanzas going back to the beginning of the year – is that they play more team, a uh, more team-oriented basketball game, and I don't mean that in a way of like players were being selfish and now they're not. I mean just that they figured out how to play together. You know, they 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 were still early in the year feeling themselves out and figuring out how to play as a group. You know, integrate Henry Jr. into things, integrate some of the younger players that have come up from JV into things and I think they really have hit their stride there. One thing that Henry talked about and he'll talk about it here and we've kind of hammered it home is finishing games. Being consistent and closing out games. We closed out against Fletcher. We didn't close out against Collapse. We closed out against St. St. Augustine. You see what I'm saying? It's like we up and down with it. Yeah and that that's really that's a big part of it and that's exactly what we saw against the Seahawks. You have an eight point lead in the fourth quarter, and you let that get away. I, what what was it, Mike? It was something. Did they have one field goal in the fourth quarter? One field goal in the fourth quarter, and to put some numbers on it, the Seahawks hit their first three free throws of the game, and then shot four for twenty-one after that. <laughs> it and was so a struggle. <laughs> four for twenty. I, I've never seen that in a high school game, and especially they aren't a bad free throw shooting team. Not great. Sixty-four percent. It's not great, but four for 21 to finish the game, uh, four for 22, excuse me, to finish the game is is unbelievable. So they had opportunities, but it was the same kind of thing against Palaka. I was at that game in Palaka on the 28th, um, a rocking atmosphere. If you've never been to Palaka for a basketball game, do yourself a favor and get out there. That was the first time I had ever been out there for a basketball game. But they were up one point with – Two and a half minutes left, and then Palaka finished the game on a 14-2 run after Henry Robinson had fouled out. And that was a game where Henry Robinson was injured, so he left the game with an injury for a little bit. Ryerseer Jefferson stepped up with 32 points and, you know, kept them in that game. But at the end, you know, Palaka, a, a team we saw that's very talented and very experienced. They know how to finish games. And one of the things I like to point out is that we've seen, we all know about Henry Robinson Jr. And boy, in three years, I can't wait to see what he's going to do because we've seen flashes of it. And Henry Sr. talked about that too. We've seen flashes of it, but we haven't seen consistency from him. But when Henry's not in the game or when Henry's not having 
an all-world night. You've seen Tariq Shakir step up. You've seen Ryerson Jefferson step up. You've seen all the role players step up. And it's it's tough because you look at the record, the three and nine, and Bill Parcells always says, you are what your record says you are. But at the same time, they really haven't been – they really seem to have a well-rounded team. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. We, we talked about it. You look, you see that uh, – you see that talent up and down the roster. You got guys that can really, you know, hit the boards, make some hustle plays, talk about Godwin, you know, and, and those three guys, you, you want to have at least two guys who can score, but they got three guys that can really put it in the basket. When you talk about Jefferson and Shakir and Henry Robinson Jr., they're just not consistent as far as uh, when to expect it. You're not sure who's going to be the guy at any given time. And like you said, when, when you do have those in, in, inconsistent moments, you hope that your best player can identify those moments and fill the gap until his, you know, until his teammates can come in and help out a little bit, you know, until the Rob, you, he can be Batman and, and, and take care of business until Robin can get there. So uh, they're on the verge and not just Henry, because I know, like you said, Henry Robinson Jr. is going to be some player and give him a couple years playing high school basketball year two, year three. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. But I also think that this team as a whole going into the future with the foundation of Coach Robinson and Henry Robinson Jr. being that star player, I think in the years to come, the program itself is going to improve. And one of these next two to three years there is going to be a big season for this Matanzas Pirates basketball team where they're competing for something special. So I think we're seeing the beginning of that now. It's going to be interesting to see how this group plays in a game like uh, uh, coined by Mike Licio himself, the battle for Beltaire coming up on January 17th, FPC and Matanzas. This one's happening at the Anderson gym uh, at FPC. And it'll be interesting to see uh, that environment is going to be an exciting environment. Both teams will be well represented. Uh, the crowd will be loud. The, uh, the, uh, the gym will be going crazy. It's going to be on the radio. It's going to be on YouTube, on social media, on Facebook. It's going to be, and they're going to know that. So how do they play in that scenario? And if we see the Pirates show up in that game, and let's just, you know, theoretically say the Pirates go out there and have their best game of the season, that will show the potential that they have because then you say, all right, now bring that every night. You know, because you got the big stage, the bright lights, uh, everybody's watching, you showed up. Now act like you got the bright lights on every night. So it, I'm just fascinated to see how they play in that kind of environment. And we shall see on the south end of the county, the FPC boys team had a win against Altamont Christian on Tuesday night. They did fall to Nice on Wednesday, so they're still trying to work out some consistency of their own. Nice is a tough team to play on a back-to-back, so you know that factors into it as well. But that is going to be a great matchup. And while we have time, I did want to touch on something real quick here about FPC girls basketball. Mm. They open their 2024 part of the season with a game against a 10-2 Altamont Christian team and came away 
with a 51-50 win. Ava Works, a freshman guard, and Alexandra Connerton, sophomore in the backcourt. Those two are leading this FPC team. George Butts is really trying to get this FPC team to turn the corner, and I think they're well on their way. George Butts is a great coach. He didn't win 500 games by accident for sure at Atlantic, and so there's a lot of excitement going on in basketball, but not just basketball. We've got some soccer coming up next week, some big soccer games. FPC, the girls are hosting Matanzas on Monday night. It was a 3 nothing win for FPC earlier in the year, which sounds like 3 nothing doesn't sound like a great, uh, a great, uh, big, a uh, great close game in soccer, but they lost that game 8 0 last year. So Matanzas has made strides. They're a very young team. FPC's had to overcome some injuries. They actually have brought seven freshmen up that are getting regular minutes out on the pitch. So it's going to be a very close game, I think. You know, I'm not going to predict the winner because you know I never do. But I would say this I would say that it's going to be a competitive game, regardless of who wins. And that is something you should get out to Monday. And then one last soccer note. And uh, is that the FPC boys, they play Duval Charter today at FPC at noon. They've won six games in a row, three shutouts in that time. Coach Rompton Amiri's team is really getting rolling. Jack Marberly's playing well. And, you know, he had a couple goals in the 6-0 win against Mainland. So winter sports is in full swing. And then FPC and Matanzas Wrestling had tournaments over the break. Uh, FPC went up to Folkestone and won 3-1. and one. The Matanzas Pirates wrestling teams. The ladies went to the Wonder Woman Invitational in Columbia, Missouri, which had nice. 100 teams, 100 teams from eight different states. The Pirates finished 10th and had two individual winners as well. And so there's a lot to be tuned into those Monday and Friday sports reports because there is a lot going on and we're going to try and get it all to you. Oh, yeah. Mike Leeshio with the WNZF. Sports Report, Monday and Friday from 6 to 9 on 94.9 FN. Don't miss it. And also, uh, if you do miss it, you can check it out. We got the video up on the WNZF Facebook page. It's, it'll be at the back end of the news video, and you also get that on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. And speaking about don't miss it, tonight, tonight, we're at it again, Mike. So nice we had to do it twice because usually – you, you say, uh, all right, uh, you have the WNZF game of the week. You assume that that's one game. Well, not this week. We're playing a little bit of the catch-up game because of the way the schedules worked out. We were FPC heavy early in the basketball season. We're catching up with Matanzas, trying to give equal, equal coverage to both teams. So tonight, we'll catch the Matanzas Pirates against Ridgeview. That should be an exciting game. The Ridgeview Panthers, so that's tonight at 7.30 Again, on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel, or you can watch it on the WNZF Facebook page. So Ridgeview coming in. Ridgeview uh, also struggling this season, so it's a fairly even matchup. You hope that's one that the Pirates will be able to pull out. And then on Tuesday, we're right back at it again, Mike. We're at FPC, back at the Anderson Gym. Uh, excited to see uh, what they have in store for us there as the pirate as excuse me the bulldogs take on orange park and that's going to be 
that's Tuesday night in Orange Park having a pretty good season. So that should and so FPC's having a good season as well. So that should be another evenly matched, exciting game. Uh, man, exciting things happening on the WNZF Sports Network. The Pirates tonight, FPC on Tuesday, Mike. Yes, and if you if you are a fan of Matanzas or Ridgeview, you can go ahead and hate watch FPC in Orange Park <laughs> or vice versa because we have Matanzas and Ridgeview tonight. Both teams' crosstown rivals are on our air on Tuesday. We'll have Orange Park, who shares Orange Park with Ridgeview, and FPC, who shares Flagler County with Matanzas. So you can hate watch on Tuesday if you don't like one of those teams. It's going to be a great week of basketball, and then we get to the big point in the season. We get that game that we keep talking about, that FPC-Matanzas game, and, man, that's going to be exciting. We're really going to break that one down on next week's show for sure. The battle for Belterre, Mike, you take a victory lap. We were looking for a, a name because, obviously, in football, the potato bowl, you can't use the potato bowl again in basketball. It's redundant. Come up with something new. And, Mike, all of you, the battle for Belterre, extremely creative. How about that? <laughs> uh, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. I, I give you credit for that. So, again, tonight, 730. Don't miss it. We're at the ship. Flagler County High School basketball with the Matanzas Pirates and Ridgeview. Can't wait for that. And I can't wait for Tuesday with FPC. Check it all out. That's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Have a great weekend, Flagler County.